Welcome to the Pickup Music Pod, where we share tips to improve your guitar playing. I'm Sam Blakelock, co-founder here at Pickup Music, and today you'll be hearing advice from one of LA's top session touring guitarist, Donnie Laudacina. Donnie, there's so much we could touch on. Um, you're a great guitar player covering so many styles, but I wanted to start off with one of the most asked questions from guitarists in our community is college, studying music at college. So you're someone who you went to UCLA, you studied with some great teachers, and um, now you do guitar full time. Do you reckon go, uh, studying music at college is essential for someone who wants to you know, follow in your footsteps or aspires to be uh, a well-rounded working guitar player? I, I definitely don't think it's essential. There's a lot of things with the age of the internet nowadays that you can get for free on YouTube or Instagram or many other places, maybe even pickupmusic.com. But uh, it's just so easy to find a lot of the information that maybe 20, 30 years ago you wouldn't have been able to. It definitely helps you build uh, your network of people. It gives you a space to kind of make mistakes and be a student and uh, learn kind of how to be a working musician under the guise of I'm just a student right now. And you can kind of like make your mistakes and learn from there, but it's definitely not required. I'd say maybe like, I don't even know. I feel like half of the people who do this professionally aren't college educated musicians. So it's definitely not essential. So what would be some of the biggest like downsides, if any, of going to uh, college for music? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think first and most importantly is probably just how much you're going to spend going to college for <laughs> going four years in America is <laughs> not cheap. So it definitely and depending on where you go, it might be more expensive or less expensive than other places. But it's a, a huge investment to make at such a young age. So I definitely don't lean one way or another. But yeah, it's it's uh, it can be very, very pricey. <laughs> Uh, like, what did you major in? Was it jazz? Yeah, yeah. I studied jazz guitar and I went to UCLA. So at UCLA, they had jazz guitar under the umbrella of ethnomusicology. So we took a lot of like world music classes as well, like Brazil and China and Africa, like a lot of multicultural type music. So, yeah. And uh, I saw that you learned from Kenny Burrell. Is yeah. Is that right? How was that? That was crazy. It was one of the main reasons why I chose to go to UCLA because he was the head of the department there at the time. And he wasn't doing private lessons, but he did do uh, big bands and combos. So that was unreal to get to, you know, have him there kind of guiding us. And one of the big bands we were in was the Duke Ellington big band. So we would exclusively play a lot of Duke Ellington, uh, his music. Like, obviously, he's played with Duke Ellington. So that's like... <laughs> It was so cool to kind of get that education from the source, you know. Let's talk about jazz for a second. Yeah. Because so, a lot of jazz musicians think of themselves very highly and they think that jazz is like the ultimate music, a bit like classical. And then if you can play jazz, you can play everything else. Like what are your thoughts on that, on, on studying jazz in order to open up other genres? Um, like, And is jazz something that you think about and has helped you in your, your journey to where you are? It definitely helps. Uh, you know, you learn a lot about like phrasing and melodies and harmony um, in ways that you might not have. Uh, and it also overlaps a lot with other genres. So if you play any like R&B or gospel or 
funk even, those all kind of come from the same place if you look back it far enough. So there's definitely something to be said about how it overlaps with different genres, yeah. How did you escape the college jazz, I'm, I'm going to school, mm. study music mindset that I've personally felt has sometimes set back my musicality and my creativity? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think for me, when I first started school, I was, I loved jazz so much and I was so into it. And then I slowly got exposed to other types of music that I realized I loved just as much. So I kind of just like started listening to a lot of pop, a lot of funk and a lot of, you know, R&B, gospel. And you start to see the artistry there in many different ways, whether it's like the production or the performance or um, just any other way that's other than like what's physically happening on the instrument. You know, even though it might be simple, there's so many different things happening behind the scenes that you might not see immediately. Yeah, just seeing the way different types of music moves different types of people too is really interesting. And it kind of got me exploring different things. So I want to get into that, like where you went after college. But first, let's rewind yeah. just, a, just a sec. Like uh, what was your your first introduction to music? Like, how did you end up here oh, in LA, son at UCLA? Oh man, like how far back should we go? <laughs> like the negative beginning? five, yeah. like let's start pre, pre-birth. <laughs> like we, pre-birth. Nah. And we were listening to uh, Beethoven in the womb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, we were, it was actually our dads. My, so my brother and I were, we grew up together. We're like a year-ish apart. And it was actually our dads like pushing us to do something other than like playing video games or <laughs> wanting us to have another extracurricular. So we were maybe like 10 at the time. And he was like, okay, the two of you are going to pick uh, an instrument <laughs> and start taking lessons. So I don't even remember why I picked guitar, but I picked guitar and he picked drums and it kind of worked out because that's already like half of a band right there. <laughs> so we got to play a lot together growing up. But yeah, ever since then, I just knew I loved playing guitar and just playing music. And since then, I've had so many teachers and instructors and band leaders who have kind of pushed me to keep going and have been really inspiring to me. So um, one of those is Wolf Marshall, who I started taking jazz lessons with. And that was kind of like my first exposure to jazz and he's the one who kind of helped me realize like oh yeah I, I can do this college thing <laughs> and play guitar school? yeah hmm. um so he was actually the guitar instructor at ucla at the time hmm. and he recommended hey you should check out this program you know kenny burrell's there i'm teaching there so like if you want to continue and it kind of worked out in a way that i got to kind of continue what i was already doing into college and you grew up in LA? I grew up in San Diego, actually. Yeah. So not too far, but... And uh, Wolf Marshall is also from San Diego, but he would commute up once a week to do private lessons. So yeah, it, it worked out so well. Like I probably wouldn't have done it any other way for myself. So after college, like what was the experience like going from like classroom? I imagine a lot of like practicing and, and combos and that thing, like going out um, and gigging or... Yeah. Like, were you gigging in college? Like, what was that transition like for you? You're already here in LA, which was, was a plus. Yeah. I mean, shoot, just like being in LA is a huge advantage while you're in school. I was gigging a little bit post-college, but I wasn't really 
a full-time musician yet. I was working a day job for probably like three or four years, like post-college. I would do gigs here and there, but I was never like, never sure if that was what I wanted to do full-time. I think mainly just because of security. I was like, how badly do I really want to do this? <laughs> yeah, I was. I would do gigs here and there with like Cody or like some of my other friends uh, that I had met at UCLA. But yeah, it wasn't, it was definitely a, a trying time trying to balance a day job with learning and music and doing gigs and <laughs> trying to practice still. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting challenge, um, like with hobbies, like when do you take the leap and go full-time, like if you have a full-time job and then often that involves like taking a pay cut as well from something which is less creative. Yeah. So like what, what made you take that, that leap was there was there a certain point in time where you said, this is right, this is what I'm doing? Yeah, yeah, there was. It was 2019, maybe like end of the year where I finally was like, okay, I'm going to quit my day job. I'm going to, you know, just like do this. I just wasn't really happy and I was tired all the time and I was like trying to do too much. And I was like, okay, you know what? I just got to either do it or not do it. I don't want to just be like halfway anymore. So it was really funny. Like I remember the day I quit, I was actually doing a gig with Cody at that moment. I knew like, yeah, I had made the right decision. Cause like I was so much happier there knowing I didn't have the stress to go do this day job the next week. So yeah, I, I knew immediately this was the right move for me. All right. Just some, you know, tips for working musicians or aspiring working musicians. So you're learning music for a gig. Uh, you've never heard the music before. What's your process through, uh, learning their music and then like we like we talked about um you know ipad and music free yeah yeah if i'm going no ipad i definitely will take my time during let's say like a week leading up um ideally you would have gotten the music that far ahead but if you're on no ipad i like to try to memorize so yeah it takes me i find like about that long if i do a little bit every day to kind of memorize and get it into my brain but yeah, I kind of just will sit down with it. If there's stems, you know, that helps a lot because you can just listen to your part. Um, if not, I'll just sit down with it, learn the chords, learn the form, learn any like if there's lines or licks or something that I would have to play, I would sit down and make sure I have those clean. And then from there, it's just a matter of doing it for like 10 to 15 minutes every day, maybe 30 minutes a day. And just getting it into your brain because you know a lot of this stuff isn't super challenging it's more just remembering how things go or maybe like remembering which sections go where or the form yeah i definitely try to make sure i have enough time to like ingrain all of it into my brain you know <laughs> how do you go about um practicing performing is it something you've thought about because often guitarists we just think about notes we play like sometimes we're like hunched over yeah jazz speaking from a jazz musician we're not even thinking about that the music is above all and often we just look ridiculous when we're performing so maybe you could give us an insight into like on the touring side like um like how you become better at not just playing the guitar but performing yeah i mean it sounds cliche or silly but it's just like do it a lot you know it's no different than like how you learned to play guitar was you just kind of like sat down and did it every day and you watched videos of other people doing it. There's no like books on <laughs> stage presence or maybe there is, but 
um, yeah, you just kind of like learn from doing it and watching other people do it and see what works, what doesn't work. And sometimes, I mean, I know for me, like it definitely just took a long time of, and it's something I'm still getting better at to this day of just like doing it on tour every night. And do you look back at videos of yourself? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I try to make sure, okay, this looks weird or like this, um, this didn't feel right. Or, it, you know, it maybe is like hard to play doing this thing or whatever, if there's like a specific part, but yeah, it's, uh, definitely just takes time and you just do it a lot and you start to kind of like feel more natural at it. It's almost to the point where like the music stuff is easy. Like, especially if you're playing pop music, you can kind of like zone out and forget like what your hands are actually doing. But with the stage presence thing, at least for me, I always try to like keep that in the forefront of my mind to make sure I'm not just like standing there. Cause like you said, I also come from a jazz background and it's just like so easy to just be sitting there, like looking down at the guitar. Yeah. It's, it's something I still think about every time I play. Um, how do you uh, think about like um, recording music, like studio work and live? Like, like how do you find that balance between um, those two kind of mediums? When I was like in college and when I was a little bit younger, I definitely liked doing the studio thing a lot more. And since then, I've definitely gravitated more towards like performing. I've, I've found that I really love doing that. Yeah, I just kind of start to prioritize those things that I like doing because that's the only reason I play guitar for a living anyways, because I like doing it. So <laughs> I, I love recording still, but I am a huge fan of performing live. So I definitely look for that kind of work whenever I can. Yeah. Let's talk about inspiration and how do you maintain your love or do you maintain your love for guitar? Like it's what pays your bills. Mm. It started off as a passion. It seems like you're still passionate about it. So how do you manage still having the love for music while you do it so much? Yeah. And I think, I think it's kind of like I was saying before, it's just like you find the things that you really like to do and you try to prioritize that above everything else. And to some extent, it's not always possible. You know, you have to pay your rent every month or your mortgage or whatever it is. So you will sometimes have to do work that you necessarily didn't envision yourself doing, but it pays really well. So you, you find yourself there and I've done that plenty of times. And, uh, but I, I definitely stay passionate just doing music. I like with friends I like and listening to music. I really like, uh, whatever it is. I try to find new stuff as often as I can, but yeah, like listening to guitarists, I really like whenever they come out with something new, it's just like, super inspiring if the new mark latiri like baritone funk record is like one of those things i remember listening to and i was like this is so different and but also so like interesting and so like right up his alley that he does it so well like listening to something like that just inspires me way more than anything else so yeah seems like you're still someone who's like learning like how do you how do you stay inspired to keep learning and also yeah how do you manage that weight of particularly earlier on like there's so much to learn so many different styles even a lot of guitarists nowadays are going into production and bass mm -hmm. and keys so how do you manage like not getting overwhelmed but still progressing forward in, in your music yeah i mean i think 
it's something that everyone's just going to be learning forever because it is just a lifetime thing. I don't think of it as like, oh, I have to learn all these things by the time I'm 70 or whatever when I hopefully I never get have to stop playing music. But if there's a time where like I couldn't play anymore, it's not like I see that as a deadline that I have to, you know, have all these things down by. So I don't pressure myself in that way to try to like learn more or faster. It's just, I try to let it be organic. So if I find something I'm really into that I haven't heard before or that I'd really like to implement into my own playing, then I do that and I just move in that direction. So I don't really think of it too much as like a pressure to like, oh, I have to know keys and bass and guitar. And, you know, if I have to do that kind of thing for a gig, then Obviously, I'll sit down and like take the time to make sure I have the bass lines down or whatever. But just in general, like in life, I don't really try to pressure myself that way. Sounds like a great approach. Yeah. All right, let's jump into some quick fire questions. Let's do it. What's your favorite overdrive pedal? Man, favorite overdrive pedal. It's definitely the exotic effects stuff. Just everything they make is so good. But I really love the BB Plus because it's got the double sided thing sounds so good i've been using it for years now multi effects units or single pedals are you a kemper fractal new dsp person or are you a, a individual pedals on the pedal board person man i mean i have both but i definitely lean more towards the digital stuff these days uh i've been using a kemper for a long time and it just seems to be the easiest way <laughs> I, I don't like the stress of carrying around a giant pedal board <laughs> gibson or fender oh man fender for sure yeah i feel like you're a fender person yeah i, don't yeah. Think I, ever seen I love my pedal. single coils <laughs> actually you had a s was it a sg yeah that that's recent actually i picked up an sg uh from the store caveman vintage um they're over like i think in lincoln heights but they have like a bunch of weird guitars super cool store um, and I found this SG with like three pickups and I was like, that's so cool. I have to try it out. <laughs> it was pretty badass when you played it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And you were like playing Thank like you. funky stuff on it, which is always fun. Yeah, it's cool. It does a lot of sounds really well because it has so many different pickup configurations. But yeah, it sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm getting sidetracked, but I saw a video of Cecil Alexander, this great jazz guitar oh, player. Oh, yeah, for sure. Who's playing like a, a Black Jackson with this like... It's like a shred guitar, Ooh. but he's ripping bebop on it and with a college jazz big band. And I thought it was the best thing ever. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, I've seen his videos actually from your guys' page and I've since become a huge fan. But those <laughs> that Jackson is so sick. I need to get one of those. Back on track with the quick questions. Yeah. What current guitarists inspire you? Current guitarists? Yeah, who are alive today. Hmm. I love Mark Latiri. He's like one of my favorites of all time. Corey Wong is super cool. I love what he's doing and his sound is so unique. Let's see, who else? I love uh, Isaiah Sharkey is really incredible. A lot of the guys I grew up listening to, like West Montgomery, Prince, like have since passed. But yeah, dude, I think all the people I listen to now are probably take influence from them. So yeah. Uh, recording guitar at home, are you a mic up the amp person or a... Ooh. plug-in person i'm definitely a plug-in person <laughs> yeah again just like any way i can make my life easier is <laughs> what i'm down for so miking up an amp is 
hard when you have neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What software are you, are you using these days? Uh, like DAW or? Oh, yeah, like guitar simulators. Oh, guitar software. Yeah. Um, I'm typically doing all the stuff through the Kemper if I'm recording at home. Um, so I don't have like any crazy plugins, but I am a huge fan of like the neural DSP stuff. It's amazing. But yeah, I typically will just do it through the Kemper. What's your warm up routine? Ooh, honestly, I usually just try to like noodle a little bit, just kind of like get my fingers warm. I don't have like an exercise that I do, but yeah, I'll just like play some chords, maybe like play along to a track of a song I really like or something just to get my fingers warm. What's your favorite venue that you've played? And, and you've, you've done a bunch of touring, oh, performed with some incredible artists. Um, but, you know, if there's one show and one venue that you played, which was a highlight, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, I really love uh, this venue in Phoenix called the Van Buren. It's incredibly clean and like so high tech, like one of the coolest venues I've ever played at. And they also gave us free socks, <laughs> oh, yeah. which is pretty sick. Like, how can you not like that? So, um, yeah, venue wise, that's been one of the coolest venues i've played biggest pet peeve on tour pet peeve oh my gosh yeah definitely uh if someone doesn't have their hygiene in order <laughs> yeah got to keep everything smelling nice last one how do you feel about an ipad or sheet music on a gig Ooh, this is this is a hot take but i i'm not a fan i understand i i personally use it if it's like I'm playing for three hours. <laughs> I would totally use sheet music. I think it depends on the type of gig though. So like what's a gig where you wouldn't bring it? If it's a gig where the performance is as important as what you're playing. So that includes like stage presence or um, yeah, I guess stage presence, like crowd interaction. Like you don't want to be like staring at an iPad. But if I was on like a wedding gig or something, I'd probably be using music for sure. Cool. Well, that concludes the quickfire questions. Thanks for tuning in to the Pickup Music Pod. Make sure you share this episode. If you enjoyed it, if you found value in it, leave us a like, uh, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Really appreciate it. Um, we're over 30 episodes now. Uh, we didn't think we'd get this far, but we're here because of your support. So thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.